and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompts podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple problem shared by many other aspiring writers. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Yeah, so to solve this issue, we issue a challenge. Each week, you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the stories submitted by you wonderful people who do write and also listen to the podcast. Yes, 100%. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A A doof doof media media happy Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween. It's Halloween. Tomorrow's Halloween. Or the day this comes out is Halloween, actually. Yeah. Um, Which is exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Halloween is definitely one of my favorite uh, uh, holidays. Not because of the whole dressing up thing. uh, Because I do enjoy dressing up. I've never had the money to properly dress up. Um, also, I've always wanted to dress up as some sort of like uh, a, a, some sort of like anime characters, but mm-hmm. there's an extremely limited pool of black anime characters. Yeah, that's uh, that fair. that aren't well, just I mean, tall, buff, and bald. Limit you? No, no, it it doesn't. But like just doing AU, like like a long time ago, back in a uh, high high school, I tried dr- dressing up as um as a uh, as a Edward from a full full metal. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, my costume was okay. You know, I, I mm-hmm. wasn't like. <clears throat> I think if someone's seen the the show, they would get it. But at the same time, it was like, why is he wearing paper, gray paper, all all over his <laughs> his arm? Oh um, no! But uh, there were plenty of like uh, my uncle friends during during the the time that said, uh, you know, Aaron's white, right? That's fucked like, up. What? He's, he's not even white. Well, I guess technically he's probably European, but well, no, I don't think Europe exists in that, does it? It's a fictional. It is like, fictional, land. but I, yeah, I, I so guess since he's fucking... a he's a blonde hair boar with blue eyes. That's that's so shit. Yeah, that's so shit. But yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I guess I can I can only be black black character now. <laughs> no, no, you're just gonna be um, you're gonna be the guy from Full Metal Alchemist in blackface. That's, yes, it's it, like that's it, it's him, the character. He is the one that's in blackface. Uh, doing doing blackface. Yeah, just like right. uh, Justin right. Trudeau. Exactly. I, I mean, you could do um. Uh, uh, fuck the Tony Stark guy, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. That's that's his name. Talking um, about yeah. War Machine. Uh, n- no, I'm talking about Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, when his character does blackface. Which, by the way, this this is a small tangent, right? But I yeah. I know that like when that movie came out, it was h- hilarious and it still is right. funny. Yeah. But I, I would say like what, like five to like six years after that movie dropped, um, Twitter started screaming about how Robert Daly Jr. was doing blackface and they were yeah. like uh, demonizing it, which I feel like no one, none of them have seen the actual movie. Yeah. Because he's, he's him not, doing blackface. It's not okay in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, and and, and they I mean, do some really good commentary. Off, they introduce his character with famous actor has been under a lot of controversy for doing blackface yeah. in this movie or whatever. And yeah. it's it's pretty ironic. Um, it's extremely yeah, no. I, I, ironic, but yeah, that that just proves to me that uh, Twitter likes to 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 talk about things, but they don't want to read it. Or watch it. Yeah. No, of course not. Um, yeah, gotta get that, those that likey likes. Yeah, likey likes. Um, 
anyway, today's Halloween, and I want to just to have a little PSA. Um, if you're listening to this, to this, the morning of, you know, the morning of Sunday of Halloween, or the morning um, after, and you're considering doing blackface for your costume, mm-hmm. um, just don't, just don't do that. Um, I think, I think you probably already know that, but just in case, um, just, just personally, as a favor to me, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Because it would be awkward. But that said, uh, tell us if you didn't do blackface because of this podcast, because I would love to have that credit. Yeah. Granted, I mean, there has been a long history of uh, people in in Greek life doing blackface. Mm -hmm. Very, very long history. Even I think that that happened at uh, UNT a couple of uh, of them years years back really um, wow yeah so so you know as a as a person who has a permanent black face um, <laughs> <laughs> i would i would i would ask you i would please nice one jarvis that nice one. <laughs> <laughs> please please don't do blackface um it's it's not cute um and your hair is ugly don't do mm-hmm. blackface I agree. Um, yeah. Just a it's total tangent, um, and we we will get into the episode momentarily. Um, but you know, I I got a new real job, right? And I did like mention on my uh, resume and stuff that I have a, a podcast, right? Because it was relevant, right? It's it's yes. you know it's a hobby I've been doing for multiple years. I have a lot of content from it, um, and one of them did express one of my coworkers who's like. A woman is like 45 oh god maybe i should cut that because i'm about to say, like she was expressed interest and uh might listen and i don't i'm i don't want her to listen because <laughs> this is not this is not work appropriate material i mean we don't we don't say awful stuff no no but i mean one i open with uh i'm i'm non-binary I'm saying I'm Alexandra. That's what that's what Alex is short for. Yeah, uh, Sarah. Um, and then just I, I don't know. I don't know. I just it makes me nervous. I don't know. Maybe I should set it to private. You can only listen to this podcast if you already listened to it before. Maybe you got to DM me for a download. Viewers. Yeah, I I. Mm. I don't want to lose my job for a download number. I mean, That's I wouldn't. True. It wouldn't be that bad. I just, you know, I don't want little, little rumors to spread. So, awkward stuff. Yeah. Also, like, I I highly doubt they're they're going to watch this. I hope not, and then, yeah. And then they're, well, like, even if they did, I doubt that they're going to watch it and then, like, tell their boss and be like, hey, did you listen to what Alex said? And then, uh, mm. yeah, like there's, I don't think you you can be crucified for stuff that you do outside of work, right? For I mean, for the you most can, part, you but... know, beyond beyond like you know, if if like you posted a uh, picture of you like free free basing it in a ditch or something. Look, if they if they saw my Twitter, that would definitely mm, be grounds. That's true. Your but... your your horny <clears throat> horny Twitter. But, um, I mean, the point that is that, it, you know, if they haven't, if it's not connected at all to the company, it's fine. Yeah. Um, although it's, it's funny because it's like someone, like, if someone wanted to research me and de- detective, you know, search about me, they would find my Twitter eventually. It's not hidden. Right. Mm. You just find the podcast and then I'm sure I've linked it somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
and then you could cancel me. Um, so, listener, I've given you all the power to destroy my life. Except you don't know what company I work for. Mm-hmm. So, that's good. But, um... Don't worry. Not temporary. They'll don't worry. It. Don't worry, they'll find it. Alright, let's let's uh, let's do the podcast. What is yeah. the story that we're covering uh, this week? And what were the words that yeah, so people wrote stories to? The words for this week were insist visible stall and rose really good words and um Mm -hmm. the story we will be talking about this week is by no goodbye with Mm -hmm. cycle Mm -hmm. um yeah i so actually i just wanted to mention that uh the day after last episode released um or the day it released i did do a stream where i streamed me writing a story um, but I got about halfway through, and then I restarted a couple times, and I didn't quite do enough to pull it together. Um, and I was going to do it, and then I got, I partied a bit, because it's Halloween, and, and then I ran out of time, so I apologize. I think that I will be able to polish it up for next week, though, which I'm excited about, because it was a kind of a cool idea, and, and people in the, the chat stream helped me out with it and stuff. Mm. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, usually I announce them like well, about like a, a day in advance or at least the morning of, of when I'm going to do a little writing stream. So, yeah. um, if you want, just get on discord, uh, and check it every now and then and see if I've uh, scheduled one of those, because it just, it, it's, it's fun to talk while I'm writing and figure out what I'm doing and stuff. Say, so, uh, let's write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's write. Um, okay. Let's read no goodbyes cycle. Nice. It's interesting. I look down at those people down in the craters, and I can no longer feel kinship with them. That's what maturity does to you, I've been told. Despite that, I still disagree with many of my peers who consider them nothing more than leeches and road bumps that stalled our path to greater unity. They are a sight that brings grief, their conditions harrowing and their cause a lost one, But their existence is a necessity. It's all part of the cycle. You work in the mines, live in the slums, and you are unfulfilled. Those weaker than you will fall to famine or overwork, but you strive for better conditions. Eventually, an opportunity for that comes, and you enter the next stage of battle. You'll be one of tens who succeed over the hundreds, earning a spot as an arm in the valiance. With time, effort, and at least a little bit of charisma, you work your way through the ranks, gain more and more influence, and only then will you finally earn a voice that the world can hear. That truth has always been visible for me, but it took years for me to accept. Looking up from the heap that was my home, I could see the Valiant's exosphere suspended far above like a second moon casting a shadow over daytime. I resented it, like most other residents of the crater, but that didn't stop me from appreciating the shade it brought when our sun was at its peak during midday. I had high ambitions to disrupt the cycle. I was part of the liberation movement, with brothers and sisters who yearn for the same. When you're at that stage, the cycle feels like a prison. 
the hardship you face feels unnecessary, forced upon you by those you deem cruel. That which gives you shade, you mark as an enemy. Opportunity eventually came. Valiants came to recruit, looking for hard-working soldiers. I rose to the occasion. My peers were overjoyed. A believer of liberation among the ranks of those with uniform. I had aspirations to be their savior. Looking down from my quarters up in the exosphere, down at the angry men and women holding up signs too far away to read, lighting fires among their own homes and livelihoods, I fail to surrender to them my empathy. I should have been more grateful at the time, to be part of the order of things. This machine that I am a cog of is a practical thing. It provides and it protects, for the universe has greater evils that the valiance keeps at bay. It is necessary, and so are the conditions that can push men like me to aspire to be in my position. The young men who will try to tear this globe away from the sky will climb their way up and see that from this height, the chaos makes sense. All right, all right. So uh, a really solid story here. Um, I do like how it starts off with these um, musings on uh, civilization and earth and people. Um, and then it uh, sort of trickles down into a lot more of physical de uh, details about how this this character um, specifically feels about this. And um, I do like how towards the end we are getting a lot more of a world 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 building about the uh, was it the Valiant's exosphere, which mm -hmm. it sounds awesome. <laughs> it uh, definitely sounds like something that I've heard from a, a Gundam. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, then we, um, we sort of get the sense that this poor person has been appointed to be part of this large, larger, uh, machine that is protecting the earth and its people from, uh, other evils that are, that, that are out there in the cosmos. So yeah, I, I think that this paints a really nice, nice picture of this, of this character that's, um, riddled with, with duty, but also seems to have the, the time or the mental strength to really amuse about people and its existence. And mm -hmm. even though they are looking down on them as, you know, you, as we would in a uh, anthill, look down on a uh, anthill, um, we do get a sense that there is still some sort of wanderlust in their eye. That even though they've, they've already made up their, their mind about how humans are, they seem to love the idea or the concept of being able to protect them which i think is really good and it does build a sense of con complexity within this persona um that's yeah. really interesting um that's that's not the interpretation of the character that that i was taking i was taking more of like this is the idealistic young man that wanted to save everyone and now he's totally sold out mm. he's totally forgotten what it was really like to be down there um, cause otherwise, like, I don't know, I, I, I feel like someone like this in this position will never be correct, especially if they don't like go down and tell those people Yeah, and are like, yeah, I was one of y'all, but we're constantly like on the verge of death actually in the universe. This is like Warhammer 40k or whatever. <laughs> um, 
if we don't suffer like this, we will all die. Like, he's, he's not, he doesn't seem interested in that. Instead, he's just kind of like, I'm better than these people. I've moved beyond. I rose above them. And, um, you know, it, now that I have power, everything that I, I, I don't want to like, I, yeah, I don't want to give up the power that I've gotten. Mm. Um, which I, yeah, is a, this nice little tough little, uh, character conflict. And I like the way that it is revealed. Um, we have these wonderings at the beginning and we have that seed of like, Oh, he's probably like a bad guy at this point. Yeah. Um, but as we go through and, and they talk about their experience, about how like tough everything was and the suffering that they face, we kind of forget it for a moment. We forget the line. Um, I no longer feel kinship with them. That's what maturity does to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, the whole like thesis of exist of the, this existence being necessity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we dive into those, uh, the remembrance of rising through the ranks of being part of this sort of resistance kind of idea. Um, and then finally, yeah, this sort of reminder, um, with a sort of, shock of i should have been more grateful at the time to mm-hmm. be part of the, the order of things like there no good guy ever says that that's just, <laughs> I that's don't just know, a bad though. guy thing because really? honestly i think that's like one of the cool things here is that we have two different readings because i see this more so as a person who has lost their their path um but at the same time they're not totally separated from the people that they came from to where they can wish that they had uh, appreciated their their time there, you know. And I I don't see this person as a villain, more so as a misguided hero, personally. Um, I am. Um, I if, feel like if, I feel you know, like the we're, line... we're going to use the 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 terminology of hero and villain. This this person seems a lot more in the gray. Well, I like I guess, but like in the way of like they. They're they're a, they can be a protagonist, but like what they're doing right now is bad. Like I fail to surrender them my empathy. So like just so just to break that down, right? Um, the like fail to surrender alone, uh, much less the the empathy part is just like so. This person views like caring about other people as a sacrifice like uh, yeah as surrendering as giving up as mm-hmm. not fighting um and uh it's clearly yeah that's not like a like a it, that's not how you should treat empathy right he clearly is just like guarding it because um if he does give them their his his empathy then maybe he's actually gonna feel bad about what he's doing and supporting and mm. and everything um true true uh, but uh, just to, on, a, on a different sort of note, um, so No Goodbye talks about how um, in the a comment saying that they wrote it while they were angry and it kept them writing um, in that for a bit, which I think is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So I've recently, it, it, we talked about it before in the podcast a couple times about like letting yourself feel emotions while you're writing. Yeah. Um, I mean, my best stories have been like stuff that made me cry while I was writing it, right? It's pretty rare, but it, it, when it happens, it's it's really really good. Um and um I think a lot of what we do, um I've mentioned this a bunch of times before. I'm sorry, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but 
or at least what I do is when I write a story and I start feeling these emotions, I often, without even thinking about it, like shy away from that, right? I don't write the saddest thing possible. I write something that's sad, sure, but not something that's going to bring me to tears. Where sometimes mm. I, like I, I can, I can tell what would, um, you know, really push me into tragedy, right? Um, and I don't do it because I'm afraid of those emotions. But so, uh, and I think anger is another thing where I've felt afraid of anger for a long time. Mm. Um, I didn't want to exercise it because it's just like it causes hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a great motivator, and there's just often good reasons to be angry um and like you could also be angry at things that can't be hurt right if you just get angry at existence for being unfair then maybe you you will be motivated to fix existence you know you just can't take it out on other people unfairly right Mm -hmm. that's a different question than than don't be angry um so you know if you feel this, this sort of like righteous indignation or whatever it can help to, uh, you know, translate that into a bit of writing. Um, you know, maybe don't do a direct response to whatever's making you angry, or maybe do, um, but or maybe, um, you know, analogize it like No Goodbye is doing here. Yeah. I think No Goodbye, I'm, I'm reading to this, and No Goodbye, please feel free to correct me. Um, but uh, I'm guessing that they wrote this perspective angry at this perspective, and yet, like, translated that anger into the character's disdain for the people like <laughs> no goodbye is angry at this perspective and uses that anger to sort of put themselves into that perspective which i think is really interesting mm, yeah that is pretty pretty uh, interesting and definitely i mean like the greatest strength about great great writing is that it's not only about the e- emotion that it can in- inflict on someone else, which, you know, that's that's the purpose of this, right? To build that sense of um, ca- catharsis within our readers while also telling a great story with, with, with good characters. But I think, again, it's the most important part of it is that the emotions that one has going into it is the fuel for the fire, you know, now, yes, you can definitely write something great without feeling the same sadness or the anger or the despair that that the character is feeling. But being able to feel that and then translate like, that into your writing gives it a, a, a more grounded feel. It gives it um, it makes it feel like it's not fluff, that that there is importance to everything that is happening mm. because in the mind's eye of the person that was that was reading it this was a important moment to to them if if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, for sure um something that i i i've mentioned this a couple times but i think it's still relevant because i'm still sort of wrestling with it myself is just that um for me personally there's a lot of stuff that i do think about a lot uh you know about the world or you know how i deal with other how i interact with other people you know what my struggles are the, the the bad things that happen to me and how you know, I reconcile them with uh, reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't really write about those very often um, because I think I'm just, it, it feels too um, personal, but not in the way of like, I don't want to re- reveal that personal side of myself, but too personal as in like, this is so me showing off myself, you know? Like, mm. ooh, I wonder about this, you know? It's, it feels very pretentious. Oh, I see. It um, seems like so it's very self, self-gratifying. self Right, right. And, like, I know, especially because I know that my perspective, like, um, you know, I, I had, a, like, a, a tough breakup 
uh, like last year. Uh, which tough breakup does not really actually carry across what happened, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, and it was uh, pretty bad and unhealthy. And so, you know, I have a bunch of feelings and thoughts about it. But I also am like, yeah, but these feelings and thoughts are just my perspective, right? Like, it feels like almost, I don't know, like I, I'm just fluffing up my own ego way too much by writing a, a story about how my perspective is right, you know? Mm, um I get that. so obviously you should balance that with like you know other perspective and and things but i think that's also hard but mm-hmm. regardless i think you should allow yourself to write that thing that's unabashedly from your perspective that's biased in to the favor of you know what your thoughts are yeah. and let yourself be pretent- pretentious because sometimes like i mean that's the thing you think about that's that's the thing you know when they say write what you know that's the thing that you you know really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I mean, you've got on emotions, that, and it's important to you. Yeah, I mean, also on that same token, like even though the writing is "quote unquote" bias, so, you know, even though it is sort of steeped in your own per, per perspective, I can see that as a way to understand why you feel that that way, even mm-hmm. more so. You know, because you sure. are putting it down on a page to where it is distant from your yourself, to where like. Um, let's say I, I wrote about a, a bad breakup, which is the first thing that, that comes to mind. I uh, remember after my last breakup in uh, high school, I, I started writing. I was writing poems. Mm-hmm. I was writing plays. I was writing stories. Um, and, I, and I realized how in, in all of those pieces, they were so one-sided and, and, and biased. But I, but I also came to realize just like the... The, the complexity of, of how I felt within those moments, you know, because at first mm-hmm. I thought I was just angry. But the truth of right. the matter was is that, yeah, I was angry, but I was mostly sad and I was hurt. And I was mm-hmm. sad and I was hurt because I still had feelings for uh, for this person. And that was only something that I really realized after writing down like a thousand words or I mean a thousand pages of random writings is that... Mm-hmm. I sort of saw that as a way to get out all the all the initial feelings and the in the initial reactions, so I can get see what's to the behind root it. Of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Great. Yeah, therapy. that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, thank you for in- inspiring this uh, train of thought. No goodbye, and I-, I hope it's at least somewhat reflective of um, your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, my point for all of this is if you feel angry about something, yeah, maybe write about it. Let yourself be angry because um, sometimes it's it's valid and it's a good motivator. Um, and even if it is negative, even if it's like, even if you know it's like bad, right? Even if you know it's like from a bad perspective, you know, like you know that you're wrong, but you're still mad because you feel like you should be mad. Mm-hmm. Still use that. Still do it. Who cares? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you're writing a story. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's good to write a character who's wrong, like this character in the story, mm-hmm. so. Yep, yeah. Uh, well, alright, I think it's high time to move on into our listener sub-submitted story section. Thanks again to No Goodbye for submitting your story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the stories we will be reading this week are by... They're by Matt Set Words, Ghost Pac-Man 4, Sarah Penguin, Jarby Jass, and Sentian Pebble. Mm-hmm. And the first story up for this week is by Matt Set Words with uh, 5, Room 313. 
Um, so this is a continuation of that series of stories with the hard of hearing man, Travis, in that hotel with the haunted room. And now he's met Scott, who is also a ghost hunter. And in this scene, um, basically the two of them get into the hotel room. Um, we uh, set up a little bit with this sort of um, like the room 313 has like this golden plaque, whereas all the other ones have a plastic one because... Um, and Scott, like, speculates, it's like, it's not a, an original thing, it's just, ooh, to make people interested in this haunted thing, um, and to sort of spread the story, it's, it's there on purpose. Um, but they get there, they settle in, they put up all these cameras, and, uh, Travis goes to sleep. And then at the very end, we get this sort of little scene and setup where Travis is sleeping, we start off sort of in a dream. He hears the voice of his wife just, like, talking to him. And then um, pretty much instantaneously we uh, transition using, like, the words of his wife into the words of Scott, the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, As uh, Scott's received a letter that says, Travis, um, from the owner of the establishment, that says, Travis, please be careful. Mind your mind and maybe you can save them. Maybe Mm. your gift is enough. Okay. So spooky setup. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, this is definitely um, the the setup for the moment that uh, we've really been been waiting waiting for within this story uh, ever since we were uh, introduced to this this room. And and I really do like the the route that this story has taken so far is that it didn't immediately jump uh, jump into us into the spooky room it really did take take the time to not only fill out travis's in in intentions but also scott's um and now both of these of these two characters that we've come to to know pretty well are um about to embark on the i got i'm guessing the the ending of this spooky ad adventure so yeah honestly I'm, i'm just looking forward to how this this story ends i think this um this issue um, specifically, yeah, just definitely really works on giving us that setup, giving us the sensory d, de- giving us the uh, details of this room, so that in the next part we will start off grounded, uh, even when we do go into the supernatural realm. So overall, mm-hmm. yeah, I just really dug this this one. Yeah, um, Matador says. Uh... Um, also, just barely made the deadline, Matt. I'm very glad that you submitted your story uh, on time, but it was about 20 minutes before we started recording. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that it worked out, um, uh, which is, you know, uh, they, like, uh, apologize in the comment, but, you know, you don't have to do that. And just just a warning, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, say says that they wanted to get to the spooky bits for Halloween, but they weren't quite able to get to it, which is totally fine. In fact, uh, Matt... I did the same thing, except I didn't finish my story. So mm, uh, let's shame, just both shame. do our, our spooky stories for next week, the first week of, of November. Yeah. I mean, I mean this this prompt is coming out on Halloween, so it's kind of like it's the Halloween prompt. So mm. it kind of works out. It does. Kind it of. still does. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, um, right. But okay, who's um, the next, next story? Yes, up next is by Ghost Pac-Man 4 with Guardian Part 2. Um, so this is that story that we had in the last section with this girl in this sort of, uh, metallic technological cave system. Um, and she was following this robot called Beak. And this time we are in its perspective, this robot, um, as it sort of, 
uh, flips out about <laughs> this <laughs> child and how it hasn't, um, and, and it, it really is not our expectations, right? We expect it to go through our, uh, through the tropes of, oh, it's here to protect the child and it's going to learn about her and they're going to be like besties, right? No, it's the complete opposite. And actually, I feel like this is kind of new. I haven't seen a, a thing like this where um, Beak notices uh, this child and notices that it hasn't, that Beak has not tried to attack this child and is really confused as why it hasn't done that. Um, like, is something hacking it, basically? Mm. And so, um, you know, we get the sense that it's basically made to, to kill humans or defend other robots from humans or something. And uh, so it tries to kill uh, the child <laughs> and uh, first, like, tries to punch it and or punch her and we get this understanding that she's surrounded by some sort of like force field um that is like extremely powerful in various ways like it deflects things or it uh or it does something else to uh fight back basically and it has a bunch of like countermeasures um, which is really interesting because we have no idea why this girl has so many defenses considering she was so confused and was running away from the other scary life forms in the, in the cave system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he just totally like, uh, tries to kill her. Um, and in the process, she kind of disappears into the cave system. Um, and, uh, we end with me vowing to, um, try to basically to hunt her down in order to protect uh the others from this human mm, yeah yeah so this is a really interesting uh development within this this story um after the first part i i really thought it, it was just just going to be this like um this dynamic duo traveling through this foreign world um but now it seems that there's a lot more going on here that this uh girl it seemingly has some sort of power that that she has no clue how she got it um and that this uh and that beak is um just definitely murderous um but mm-hmm. yeah it, it does raise raise questions as to why um it it seem to be pro protecting her even though i think it states that she's been attracting these these monsters um so yeah this this section just definitely raises a a, a lot of questions that i'm guessing is going to be answered in a part three or a, a part four but i mean overall this this section is definitely a really great turn in this story and i'm really interested to see um where it goes from here mm-hmm. um yeah i really like just how the 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 trope is reversed and flipped. Um, I really don't think I've, I've seen this particular series of, of flips um, in, in that trope, right? Like, yeah. robot's actually good, uh, except uh, it just, like, didn't know, except actually it is bad, except it also is good, but it really is trying to kill her. Um, and, like, the, the first punch that it, it throws, like, I thought it was just, like, testing it, right? It's like, oh, that's a bit aggressive, but, like... You know, he's just he's just trying to figure it out. Oh, he discovered the force field. Oh, he's trying to to actually get, kill her. He's trying to destroy the defenses and and kill her. I was like, oh shit. Um, so that was a cool series of uh, of um, flipping our expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, thank you very much to Ghost Pac-Man Four. 
And uh, up next is by Sarah Penguin with Blood That Ties, part two. Um, so this is also a sequel to, um, in the last one, there was this temple, all these villagers took shelter in, um, and then these two priestesses who were in the perspective of pray to their leech goddess and receive a, a scythe um, or a, a sickle. Um, and in this one, we found out, oh, that uh, one of them has used the sickle to just slaughter all the villagers. We thought that it was going to be used to defend them, but no, just to uh, harvest their blood before they die anyway, basically, which is um, pretty fucked up. And um, the two priestesses, uh, Fatima and... Um, what's the other one's name? Uh, Eliana uh, <laughs> have like a pretty upsetting argument, um, and uh, about how you know all these villagers were like really nice, and now they're all dead. And Eliana says that it's totally just the the fault of the people that came here to kill them, and uh, Fatima doesn't really agree and is just upset that that they've carried this out um and then at the end the um the holy warriors throw in uh barrels of whale oil to to set the the temple alight and uh they decide that they gotta go or (laughs) otherwise uh get enough blood to uh, use all the blood that they just spilled to get them enough power to make it out of there Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that this story has some really great action happening. Um, I think the description here really, really keeps us grounded, um, especially when we are working with these like otherworldly um, items and like them having to sap the blood from from people. So I thought that mm-hmm. that, that was pretty uh, interesting. Um, and yeah, the the burning of I guess their 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 holy place. Um, by these holy knights was um, kind of unexpected. You know, I, I thought that they would be able mm-hmm. to uh, beat them them back because they were set up to be pretty powerful in the uh, first one. So I do like how it seems that their adversary actually has like um, power behind them. Actually, has a sort of like a, a, a sort of like agency and aren't just like default bad guys. In mm-hmm. a sense, you know, they're 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 not stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There there seems to be a bit more there, which I uh, really do do like. And yeah, um, it mm-hmm. seems that this is a another story that is going to continue on to a third or a fourth part, and I'm excited to see mm-hmm. what what ends up between these yeah. these two. Yeah. Um. So Sarah Penguin says in the comment, any plot holes or inconsistencies will be blamed blamed on still exploring how i want this world to be and that is my excuse i'm sticking to i think that is more than valid sarah penguin hell yeah just yeah just do that it doesn't really matter i mean if you were to do a book you would just go back and fix things it's you don't have to uh i don't think there was any inconsistencies that i saw but um if there was like it's no big deal just just retcon it in the future basically um and they also say that they um uh, you know, worked really hard to stay in the same scene, and I think Sarah Penguin absolutely succeeded um, in you know slowing down that pace. And I think you did a really great job of of staying in that one, staying in that argument. Right? Not only are they in that temple, not going anywhere, but um, most of like seventy five percent of the scene is them having this argument over um, 
how they feel about killing all this this temple full of villagers. Yeah. And I thought that was really good. Um, for one thing, there is something on the like prose level that I, I, I noticed that I think is worth talking about. Um, that there was a couple of times where I felt that there was some distance between um, like a statement and how it would be read. Um, I don't know that's really vague. So for an example, um, let me find it. So uh, I, I suppose it is more of a question of ordering. So I have two examples. So right at the beginning, there is the um, uh, Fatima sees uh, Ileana and uh, it says Ileana was holding the divine blessed scythe, which just moments later started to crumble and turn into dust. So we have this image of her holding the scythe, right? Um, and then there's the witch just moments later. So that's sort of like, it says that that scythe that you were looking at, um, it has the property of starting to crumble and turn to dust. Instead of, um, I, I think something that would flow better, I'm, I'm not doing a great job of explaining the why of it, but I think it would uh, sound better if it was like, she was holding the divine blessed scythe. Moments later, it started to crumble and turn into dust, right? Because I think the, the witch basically... The way that we read the word witch, it means the thing that you just read a second ago, here's a fact about it that was already, like, a property of it, right? Mm-hmm. We, we basically sort of go back in time in our understanding of the of the uh, object. And this crumbling to dust happens after we see this thing. So I think the chronology of it gets sort of muddled um, when it's sort of being re- flipped like that. Um, so... I think a lot of times just going in order and uh, setting, like, have the image of the scythe and then have a different action, it started to crumble. Or, say, she was holding the divine blessed scythe, which was already crumbling, right? Did you see the, am I making sense, Travis, or am I just... Fact, no, like, no, yeah, no, 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 you are, you are making perfect sense uh, based off of the sin uh, tactical choice within that uh, that section. Yeah, yeah, it it does. It is a bit um, con- confusing as to what exactly is crumbling, um, which I mean, really, that's just like I think it could be solved as easy as adding like a like a m dash or a comma. Um, just to show, just to show a separation between getting the 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 scythe, getting it ready, and then the crumbling. Um, but yeah, just I would say that's that's just something that I would recommend for this. Is just looking back uh, back over it on a sentence by 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 sentence basis, and, and making sure that your pros are uh, conveying exactly what you want to get across. Yeah. Um, just for one more example, so. That, you know, I'm not uh, just being confusing. Um, there's, like, a bit of a dialogue later, which is the um, part where um, Fatima is uh, yelling back at Ileana about how she wasn't just, you know, a, um, you know, fancy princess. Her life is actually hard. Um, the Duke found out I might not be his. I got disinherited. Um I got branded a bloodless, and then a, a literal and molten metal burned my skin, and it really hurt. So don't give me the nice life bullshit. Uh, Fatima screamed the last word. Um, 
and I think this is great. I like uh, I like this. You know, reveal what's going on. Um, the one thing is, so the last line, right? It says Fatima screamed the last word, and that was the first understanding I had that all of this should be screamed, right? Um, and I don't need that, like right at the beginning. I don't need that to start off with Fatima screamed. I was set to be married off, right? But mm-hmm. as we are getting close to the end um, of this paragraph of dialogue. Uh, maybe consider like uh, putting a little break in it, right? Put an end quote, put a put a comma, end quote, saying Fatima scream was screaming now, or Fatima um, was breathing really hard, or some sort of indication of like the strength of the emotion here. Um, or you could also use exclamation points. That's also an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I find visual things to to often work better than exclamation points. But. Um, so that when you have the Fatima scream the last word, um, we already have like a sense of how it's being said. Um, and so those were yeah little little things that I thought could be fixed, um, and and go forward with it. Um, I think that it's really really great that you uh, stuck into the same scene. I really like this interpersonal conflict that they're having. Um, I like the line um, or this concept of. Uh, Ileana sort of making her, um, making Fatima angry on purpose. Uh, better to be pissed off than crying over a few dead peasants. Um, it's more useful that way. I think that is, it's an interesting sentiment that's being said there. It's sort of like Ileana maybe cares a little bit, but also doesn't. It's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, thank you very much to Sarah Penguin for submitting this, this story. And, uh, up next is by Jarby Jess with A Different Perspective. Um, part one, although this is part of that series with the flesh captors and such, mm. um, but we don't uh, know that when we start off, we have uh, a character looking at themselves. Um, they're covered in these stitches that really, really hurt. Um, and of course, that brings to mind like Frankenstein ideas to us because it's Halloween. Mm. So, um, and they are basically in like a mad scientist lab is what it feels like, and their mouth is dry. Um, and otherwise, they're, they're suffering in a lot of ways. But they finally get themselves out of the um, off the table and uh, are asking, who did this to me, right? When finally the person that did this to them uh, arrives and we see that it is uh, Esty from the previous entries. Although the name is not revealed until the very end, really. Um, and she reveals that... Um, you, this character doesn't have any memories and that um, the night before that they were just a corpse and they were not alive but now they are and so um, they offer work with me and I'll tell you um, some stuff and we can find out about your past and um, and we can figure some stuff out and this is very much like a seems like a darker side to our uh, lovely main character Esty. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but I really do love the uh, lead into this. It's there's a lot of great description that borders on on body horror. I I, I know um, there was a moment when they talked about the pus coming from the stitches, and I my my skin just started to a crawl. Um, but then yeah, a a a lot of questions were were raised by this character of like, where are they? Why are they here? And they seem to not have any any 
any memory, which is just you know it's very uh, in intriguing. Uh, and then when 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 Esty shows shows up, it's a shock, you know, because this doesn't seem like the kind of place Esty would would probably be based off of the uh, previous um, uh, entries. Um, but yeah, this 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 story raises a, a lot of questions, and I think yeah, uh, as the 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 title says, it provides us a different perspective on this sort of flesh crafter world um, that that we did get a bit from in um, other other entries of of the story being told from the perspective of the flesh crafter or the flesh crafted. Um, but yeah, this is uh, definitely interesting, and I would love to get a stronger sense of understanding about what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing uh, I did notice right at the the beginning <clears throat> is we have this description of the stitches, um, which I was really interested in, um, but I felt like I still needed a little bit more of like where the stitches were, or how yeah. big, or how extensive they were, because um, we know that there's there's stitches and that they hurt, basically. Um, and we know that they, um, they're gross looking, basically. The raised blackened stitches. Um, but like, are they running all the way down? Are they crisscrossing? Are they, um, actually really small and fine? It, I had questions about that. And I think I, um, would have gotten a better picture of what the character looks like with a short description of how many stitches, it's etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but thank you very much to Jarby Jazz for submitting your, your story. And uh, our final story for this week is by Sentian Pebble with Thorns. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we have um, this man named Clive uh, has a talk with this otherworldly uh, creature in a suit and tie, right? With <laughs> this unsettling smile. Um, you know, classically a deal with the devil, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clive has brought um, three broken dreams and an uncertain future, which were pretty... Um, and then each one is, is described. Um, these horrible things happened to three people, or to four people, and um, they are not going to receive any help, uh, you know, because Clive needs to pay this creature. So they've ruined the lives of four people, basically. And this creature um, is going to make that deal. We, we sort of get the sense that it's sort of like a fae-like thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clive and his organization is uh, going to carry out a crusade and needs whatever this weapon is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this this story is really great when it comes to a world a, a world building. It does really just, you know, throw us in, but I, I, I like it when when stories do that, when there isn't, like, a whole lot of lead-in, and we do get some really great uh, portraiture of, of Clive, um, so we get a strong sense of, like, who we are, we are uh, lo- uh, looking at, and I think that this back-and-forth dialogue really does add to the, uh, to the ominous vibes of, um, this 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 deal with this sort of like other otherworldly creature. So yeah, overall, I thought that, that this story was really uh, I- uh, interesting. Yeah, I really like the story. I like the mystery that's being set up here. I like the uncomfortableness of of this fae creature. I just like fae creatures in general. So um, yeah, I really like this the story, Sentient Pebble. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, all right. Uh, thank you to everyone who did submit a story. 
Uh, it does the heart good to see bountiful stories uh, every week. So, thank you very much to Matt Said Words. Thank you to Ghost Pac-Man 4. Thank you to Sarah Penguin. Thank you to Jarby Jazz. Thank you, Sentient Peb- Pebble. And thank you... No goodbye. Mm-hmm. And we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. So, thank you very much to Sarah Penguin, No Goodbye, and Jarby Jazz. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really helps us out a lot. Not only in um, helping yourself out and understanding your own story, uh, but also us just to get a perspective on how it was writing it. And, um, you know, maybe what you struggled with, uh, what you think you did well. And it guides our interpretations of your text, too. So Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, if you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, the best way to do that would be to follow us on Twitter and hit that notification bell at writethingcast. You can also send us an email at writethingcast.gmail.com. Um, if you want to see what is, um, if you want to, if you want to talk to us, yeah. um, you can also go to the discord, which is free to join at, um, doofmedia.com slash discord. Um, and so if you're not already on there, please do join. We would love to say hi. Uh, maybe you could join in for one of those writing streams. You could do your own writing stream if you want. Um, cause, cause we're all about freedom like that. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff going on at, at Doof Media uh, as well. I remember uh, we've been doing a costume contest as well, so I'm really excited to see what the results of that will be. Um, as people, yeah, submitted their 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 costumes. I think they were um, pale and uh, packed themed, um, but of course, uh, you know, other Wild Boy works are always um, encouraged and accepted. Um, uh, if you haven't listened to some of the other podcasts on the network, uh, consider just joining in for an episode, you know, um, listen to the episode of first episode of Kingslinger. Maybe just crack that open from, uh, from your, uh, nearest library. Um, I'm very excited. There's more than one. Um, there's a new podcast that's going to be joining soon. Um, I believe it's already been, um, announced, um, that, uh, and I'll, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll have to cut this if, if not, but, um, uh, of Scott and Elise, you know, they just had a kid this year. Um, and so they're going to be starting a series called Parenting with Pixar, where they go through um, Pixar movies and try to see what you can learn from about parenting from them, um, which is really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that series. Um, they're also just a delight to listen to, in addition to all of the analysis stuff. All right. Um, do you want to announce the uh, theme for next month? Yes. So the theme for for next vo- uh, month is going to focus on character voice. Uh, basically, writing your story within the within the uh, character's voice. Maybe it could be within their their head. Just just make sure that your prose is colored by um, the a character's voice. Yeah, by the main character's voice. Um, well, it doesn't have to be the main character, or just a, a character. character. Yeah, yeah. add some personality in yeah. there that is not your own. Kind of, kind of um, like the uh, Great Gatsby, within a sense. Mm-hmm. How how the story itself was was uh, characterized by Nick's um, views on on Gatsby and his extravagant party and, and exactly. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or it could just be like a. Um, a third person omniscient you know just the storyteller's tone 
Um, there's a lot of options here, and we'll explore them throughout um, next month. And you know what? I've decided to apply that to the story I was already writing. Nice. So that will be cool. Mm-hmm. And the words that you will be using for next week uh, are diamond, misplace, glove, and salmon. <laughs> okay. Um, that's an interesting set. Um, you know, the fish. The fish. Um, is it salmon or salmon? Um, honestly, I think it's purely like for where you're from. Mm. Um, but I've, I've heard salmon more. Um, but I've also heard salmon a, a lot from like my family. So I'm pretty sure it's Simone. Mmm, Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is diamond, which is the uh, precious rock that is known to be the most valuable mm-hmm. kind of stone in the world. Except actually, it's it's really not. Yeah. and it's it's not it's that durable. Actually, really easy to produce, and the De Beers company has gotten so much money because of it. Yeah. Um, but it's also known for being a very um, tough material. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard to break. Um, it's made of compressed carbon. Um, something can shine like a diamond because they sparkle so so well, and because Rihanna did a song yeah. about that. Yeah, shine like a diamond. Um, what? That was the huh? that was a hook from the from the song. Okay, okay. I just I just heard kind of like a ring part. Yeah, pretty was, much. It was really good. Okay, uh, misplace is when something is placed in the wrong place. I said place too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you forget something you might have misplaced it yes um or someone could be someone their name could be misplaced Mm -hmm. even though that's an extra s um 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 yeah um, (laughs) missed a missed i don't know uh next one is glove which is uh the thing that you wear on your uh hands to protect from the cold usually or from gripping or also Um, just, just for drip just for drip, just for fanciness, get those satin gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a saying that something fits like a glove because gloves, you know, because they are fitted to each of your fingers kind of have to be form-fitting yeah. and uh, in close-fitting. So if something fits like a glove, that means it fits really well. If the glove um, don't fit, you must e- equip. Um, right? A important, um, an ancient American maxim. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so what are some other some other glove meanings? Um, a love glove is a condom. Oh wow! The um, hamburger helper a mascot is a glove yeah. for some reason. There's a really great game from the N64 named Glover. That's right. You could do Glover. Um, or what if it's Glove? Ooh, what's glove. a Glove? Glove. It's 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 like a glove, but it's made out of four-leaf clovers. Oh, mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, globes. So it's, like, it's a glove, but on each end of the fingers is, like, a little planet. Ooh, okay, okay, I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you can also, there's, um, uh, there's a baseball term, apparently. I just, I just did a Google. Um, to glove, uh, the verb, um is to catch, deflect, or touch a ball with one's glove. Oh. So, yeah, to, to, to catch it in the baseball, the game. Um, the gloves are off. Take the gloves off is when you're, like, really gonna gonna fuck someone up. And the punching 
in the punching uh, game existence. Um, all right, the last one is salmon, which is a kind of fish that is, uh, I think it's American, right? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't, um, it's freshwater, though, yeah, right? It, it is a freshwater fish. I, I don't know where it um, uh, originated. Um, also, salmon is a color that's just a pinkish color. And off pink. Pinkish orange, yeah. 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 Um, actually, isn't it... Oh, apparently it's related to trout, but isn't it, um, like, also... It's like a sea slash freshwater fish. I'm doing a Wikipedia mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. Let's just take it forever to load. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, yes, yes. They are an, an, anadromous. They hatch in freshwater, migrate to the ocean, then return to freshwater to reproduce. That's where they lay their eggs. Oh, okay. And they hop... They hop up the hop up, hop up, hop up, God, hop up the the rivers and stuff, um, and that's how bears catch them. Yes, and it's it's great. Mm-hmm. The diamond bear. Um, um, cool. So and you can farm them. Alex, tell me, what is your quick ten word story you're gonna write next week? Um, I'm going to write about a person who is very upset because they misplaced. Their um, diamond encrusted salmon colored, no, just salmon gloves. They're gloves that are made from salmon scales, mm. which I feel like would fall apart really easy, but it doesn't because of the diamond. Oh. And they misplaced it. And um, so they executed all of their servants because obviously one of them stole it and they wouldn't admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they found it uh, under their pillow because they went to sleep with it. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> disappointing. Mis- okay, mis- misplacing your your glove like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so they they threw themselves off the uh, fourth story balcony of their ma- oh mansion because it was so bad what they just did. <laughs> they just killed themselves. Wow. Or maybe it was a murder. Who knows? Ooh, right now next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your story? Oh, yeah. So uh, my story is going to uh, be about a salmon man. Uh, he's he's a man that's... Uh, he he looks like a, nor- a normal person, like, through and through. Uh-huh. But right. um, if you were to cut his, his skin and, and, like, look in, it's just salmon mm-hmm. all the way through. Um, so, it's, yeah. Wait, wait what, do you, what do you... Like, scales or the color? No, just, like, like salmon meat. Just all the uh-huh. way, like in his, like in his throat. Yeah, like yeah, like wow. Yeah, and his bones are just That's... like strong salmon. Um, but <laughs> basically, this. Wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The world you're building here. So his bones are his bones salmon shaped. No, does he have no. salmon shaped bones? No, it's made out of salmon meat. Okay, because I was picturing like a salmon shaped bone, like a forearm, and it just kind of like flexes its tail mm. and it's sort of just like like flopping around in there and that's what makes it move i'm picturing like a like a mech made out of salmon oh a salmon mech okay well uh, uh in my story my guy gets a mech and <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's a diamond mech um but uh he he doesn't really use it that often mostly he uh likes to wear a lot of gloves um, because okay. the only issue is that his fingers smell like old fish because he is, you know, right. an old fish. Um, right. But on this choice day, he misplaces his his gloves and then he goes in into work 
and he reeks so horribly that uh, he gets fired from his job. Um, mm-hmm. And now he's uh, what they do? on unemployment. Did he have to return the mech? He 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 bought the mech in full, so he should uh-huh. be be fine. Um, but he doesn't uh-huh. have enough money for the fuel, so. Right, so he can't he can't earn a living with it. Yeah, no, it just honest it, mech it just kind of like sits there. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, sadly, someone should do the right thing and start a GoFundMe. Someone for should do this the right th- poor salmon man. What would it be like to? To 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 kiss Salmon Man would it be like kissing a. It would, like a, it would be like kissing, kissing a your, dead, uh, like a dead fish. Yeah, it would be like, like kissing, kissing your like, your sushi. Mm-hmm. Kissing your sushi, I do that every time. I thank it. Yeah. I give it a loving caress with the lips and the tongue, Ugh. and um, I wish it well on its journey as I swallow it in one big gulp.